Hi, in today's episode number 88, you're going to hear a little funny little glitch at about five minutes in. You know, we're not technical geniuses. We're just two chicks talking. All right, hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. today? Well, I've had an interesting morning. Yeah. Uh-huh. Boy, we have entered the stage of life where doctor visits are kind of, yeah. you know, our uh, new social, uh, on our like social it. calendar. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, I had to go get a thyroid scan this morning. Yeah. So, um, so we have talked before that you are a little bit of a hypochondriac. I'm a lot of bit of a hypochondriac. <laughs> it's, it's really, really a problem. So I have gone down every rabbit hole that there is to go down, except for, it's fine. (laughs) That would not be a rabbit hole. That would be like a funnel cloud up. (laughs) And you avoid everything's fine, like the plague. But this morning, this morning when she was scanning my, my neck, neck, uh, I was, I I was having a mantra in my head. I was like. I'm whole, I'm healthy, I'm fine, I'm healed. I'm whole, I mean, just I just yeah. repeated it over and over and over. And it did reduce the anxiety that I was feeling because, you know, you can't see the screen and you wonder if the operator's seeing the cancer and she's not going to tell you. And yeah, my mind just goes insane. I Absolutely. Just, uh, Every time I have a mammogram, I'm trying to read the, yeah. the yeah. technician's yeah. face, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's just... <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah, my I guess well I've known my thyroid's a little been funny the last few months. Uh-huh. So and I know that you have thyroid things. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, so other yeah. other than that though. Um, but you know what's interesting is you know I because I have had a history of thyroid issues and I take you know a thyroid replacement and I had surgery twenty five years ago that was very invasive you know. Um, but looking at you, I can, you know, look at your neck and think, oh, yeah, I see a little bit of it. But there is, I don't see anything. Yeah, and I don't feel anything either. Right. So I'm not sure what the doctor felt. Yeah, but, but the doctor felt something. And, of course, they press they press yeah. a little bit more. Well, and, and then, you know, now, like, constantly, since she did that, I'm like, I can't Where even, I can't keep my hands off my neck. You know, what is it? Where is it? Because I had a visible Adam's apple. That's what you said. Yeah, yeah, it was visible. And, it, you know, I would, and I'm a six-foot-tall woman, so I would get so self-conscious yeah. when I would walk, like, even in the mall and in, I got very self-conscious because I thought people would think that I was a man yeah. because of the Adam's apple and because of how tall I am. Yeah, yeah. And I it, it made me very self-conscious. I could see that. You know. I could see that. And so um, I I was grateful when it was finally removed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know a couple of the people who have had issues and have had them removed. So 
I'm trying not to freak out. I'm just trying to whatever. So. It's going to be fine. So today we're going to talk a little bit about our trust in authority. Yeah. Our trust in whether it's government authority, police authority, doctors, all that kind of stuff. So where does your trust uh, fall at this point? What, how do you feel about the doctors who are overseeing your care? Uh, how do you feel about, I don't know, everything from doctors to government? What are your thoughts at this point? Well, <clears throat> and is there some group of authority that you trust more than others? You know, uh, that's that's a that's a loaded question. I know. <laughs> I know. I think through my out my my lifetime, there have been individuals that I have trusted more than like a a group. So I would say to you, in general, I don't trust the government, although. There are individuals in government that I totally trust. Especially some of our local representatives. Especially some of our local people. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've had good experience with doctors and bad experience with doctors. I my my MO is to want to trust the doctors, but I have done that and then found that, you know, they weren't correct. Um, So, you know, I have found a doctor now, and I won't name names, but I do really like him a lot. He's a naturopath, so he's not like an MD, he's an ND. And every place where he's sent me, like to a specialist, like he sent me to a skin place because I wanted to have a, I've never had like a full-on skin scan or anything like that, and they knew who he was. So, like, People seem to like him, and I've gotten really, really great um, reports from other people. And so, so he's not someone who's adverse to Western medicine. No, quote unquote, you know? no. Okay. He he's kind of both. Okay. And um, and again, I think if you know someone who you get a good review from somebody about, you know, someone in authority, like if there's a police officer, or, you know, or. Um, a doctor or, you know, go talk to so-and-so in the city hall or because they helped me. It's like you get you get trust in someone from hearing someone else who had trust, right? So I, I kind of feel like if you get a good review or me personally, if I get a good review, then that'll make me a little more open to, okay, maybe I will try to go get into him or her or but I don't know. I feel like in pretty much in every area of my life, I need to be my own advocate. Like, I need to be my own. So if I'm trying to understand something about a law or a bill in, in a political arena and I don't understand something, I need to look it up myself. I need to try to figure it out myself. Yeah, I can ask experts for sure. But I don't know. It, it, I feel like these days... You have to kind of be your own advocate. Right. You know, if you're having symptoms, they say not to Google things, and that's probably why. Doctor Google is ever so Doc- wise. Right, right. So I, I don't know. What about you? How do you feel? I mean, I, like I said, well, it's a loaded question. It, it, again, it's loaded questions. And as we've discussed before, opinions are based on experience, education, and emotions. And since no two of us have those same three elements. Absolutely or the same three combinations of those three, the same combination of those three elements, 
we uh, all have our own opinions. Right. Um, and so that's how those are formed. I We've had some experiences with doctors that have made us very, very wary. You know, about five years ago, four years ago maybe, my husband was having a, a debate or a conversation, a frustration with our doctor about filling a prescription. And so he called them and he called them again and he called them again. And finally he was on, you know, he called them and he said, look, all I want is just this refill. We can talk about, you know, the A's and B's and C's of it all. At another point, I'll make an appointment with you. I'll come in. But right now, how can I get this prescription filled? And so they said, oh, yeah, that's not a problem at all. Hold on one moment and, and I'll get right back to you. So he sat there on hold and there's music playing or there's, you know, mm-hmm. information talking about be staying healthy and going out on walks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever's on hold. <laughs> yeah. You know, all that encouragement that's on hold when you call a doctor's office. All of a sudden, the hold switched and it came on that said, we are presently out to lunch. Um, please call again after, if this is an emergency, please <gasps> dial 911. Otherwise, um, call after 1.30. And my husband's like, wait, what? So he hangs up and he calls back. And sure enough, they're closed. They're at lunch. They left him on hold wow. and went to lunch. So that was the straw that broke the camel's back as far as this particular doctor. And this, to be honest, the entire group. You know, they all belong to a group. Right. So we got very, very, very frustrated. And so... Both of us have had challenges, you know, and it was mostly with the staff, you know, like putting you on hold. That's not the doctor's fault. Right. But it was one time I sat on the inside room with very little clothes on for 45 minutes. Oh, I've done that. Yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. It's one thing to be in the waiting room. I know. And to wait. And wait I know. But to go inside and... Be freezing. Be freezing. And it's 45 minutes later. I know. And so I finally, you know, put my clothes on and opened the door said, um, just making sure I hadn't been forgotten. I've done that too. Oh, you know, they're busy. Okay, well, then don't bring me in here and have me take my clothes off. Right. Um, so there were, there were several of those kinds of things where we just finally said, yeah, we're, we're moving on. Yeah. So we got some really good advice from somebody who's very, you know, important in the Fresno County Health Department aura. And she gave us the name of a doctor. So about, um, six months ago, my husband and I both switched over and we're very happy with the new doctor. But, you know, a, a little over a year ago, I had double foot surgery. Mm-hmm. And when I went in, um, when I called them for an appointment, they said, oh, yeah, you were recommended, you know, you were referred to this doctor about four years ago. Wait, what? So, again, going back to those old doctors that we left, apparently they had referred me to this foot doctor, but nobody told me. Yeah, yeah. I, we've we've had stuff like that happen as well. You know, and so that's incredibly frustrating. Just lately, I had some blood work done, and my cholesterol is high. And the doctor said, "Well, four years ago, it was pretty high then too." And I go, "What?" I, I mean, I had no idea. I think you and I probably had the same doctor, but we won't mention the name. No, and 
I had not been told that my cholesterol had been high, this doctor, as soon as I got the blood results and he got the blood results, he called me to go through them. The other doctor, no, no mention of it, no offer to put me on medication, no nothing. So for four years at least, I've been living with high cholesterol, and despite exercise, diet, right, um, you know, losing thirty-five pounds, blah blah blah, I am manufacturing cholesterol, right, and that's just that's just a fact of life, but but so that makes me, you know, I for sure lost my trust in that particular doctor's group, but. It, those are the kinds of things that affect you. Well, and when with the whole when those fair, yeah when that, those things happen multiple times, right, you right. know that's that's when I think you start really questioning and and you know John and I had a a doctor recently that we both fired um, <laughs> because she was awful and interestingly. Uh, that 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 website called my chart uh-huh, okay right. so John recently had a knee surgery mm-hmm. and um, had to get into my chart well John had sent this particular doctor a very long letter about why he was so upset with her and why I was so upset with her and um, nobody ever told him that he had a my chart, so he had no idea that he had any kind of anything in a my chart until he went and got his knee done. Which was just a couple weeks ago. Just a couple ago. weeks ago. So he goes into my chart and he sees a response to his letter from that doctor. That's in my chart. That's in which, my okay, chart. I have I I do have some respect for the for the you know being open and transparent. Yeah. But on the other side of that, hello. He had he didn't even know. He, he asked me, do you know what my chart is? I go, yeah, it's a doctor, you know, yeah, yeah. portal thing. Oh, well, I didn't know I had that. And so he goes in there, you know, and he and he found a, a, a like an apology letter, kind of. It might have saved you from switching doctors well, if you knew that that had been there. I mean, <laughs> now, I will say that um, her particular office was... Very, very unorganized, but but her demeanor with me personally on one occasion was terrible, yeah. and she treated me horribly. And I wish, I wish I would have confronted her on the spot. Right. I really, really wish I would have stood up and looked at her and and you know because when the minute I sat my ass down in my car after I got out of that appointment, I thought. This is un this is, un, bullshit. <laughs> this is bullshit. This is unacceptable. I should have said something to her right then. Yeah. You know, and and but because she's an authority and she's the doctor and it's like I mean and there was another time where I got in an argument with the doctor. I got an actual argument with him about it was about my um my hot flashes and right. and the fact that I hadn't been sleeping for like a year because right. I was this was a long time ago like nine years ago right. and I was trying to do hormone in a natural way and it wasn't working for me right. and he just lit into me about how it's my fault it's my lifestyle it's I mean just on and on and on 
and and how if oh, I was, man. I mean, it, yeah, and I just, I'm like, what doctor does that? Yeah. I mean, anyway, so, yeah, I've had some not great experiences with doctors. And At the it, same time, I've had some really good ones. Right, and and, you know, we are put in a position where we are, forced i mean these are the people we have to trust right we have to this is our this is our life well, or death situation i do we have to i do know people who will who have said i'll never go to the doctor again oh, like gosh. they'll just they'll just die first they'll just wander off into the the forest and die <laughs> because they just they're not going to deal with it they're not mm. going to deal with having to wait for appointments and you know, all of that yeah you know, I remember back when um, Barack Obama was president and there was the whole talk about, you know, overhauling our health care system. Mm-hmm. That was the phrase that was talked about over and over. We're going to overhaul our health care system. Well, I, I, I contended then and I still say it's not the health care system that needs overhauling. It's the insurance Absolutely. system. Absolutely. The for-profit insurance companies. Absolutely. No shade on insurance salesmen because they're doing their job and they're making their living and they're paying their bills. But our system of insurance, for-profit insurance companies is has completely driven our medical community. Yeah. So now we have doctors that are that have the best interest at heart, but they are hamstrung. Their hands They're are frustrated. Tied. Yeah, I I have recently watched a podcast. I can't remember what it was. What the young man? He was a young guy doctor, talking about just how frustrated he is with with all of it. Yeah. And you know, another kind of topic that we could touch on in all of this healthcare stuff, and you know, this does go into the authority. So, mm. where are the people? in our medical community and I know they're there but but they don't get a voice who who are trying to promote preventative right. stuff right right you know where where are the where are the advocates for preventing going to the hospital I just recently in my leadership Fresno class we were we took a tour of all of the hospitals in town and got to listen to people speaking who are you know the CEOs of the hospital something i never even really even considered a hospital is a for-profit business right a hospital is a for-profit business right. so they profit by having you in it mm-hmm. they want patients in the hospital that's how they stay you, yeah. you know, yeah. open. And, right. and and so it's like this counterintuitive thing of, wait a minute, I don't want to be in the hospital. Yeah. I, I want to stay well. What are the things that I can do? Why, why aren't, why isn't the world teaching human beings how to stay well? Right? right? And yet the interesting thing is, is that the people who are often struggling the most with healthcare issues, uh, the poor, the unhoused, um, the elderly, those people are often on some sort of fixed income, which means that they're getting a Medicare, they're getting a government right. uh, insurance. Okay? Right. 
And that pays hospitals very little compared to private insurance, right? right? So they're trying to keep those people out. Right. And keeping, and again, not helping right. them with preventative care. Right. Uh, the poor people are have some of the worst diets because the healthiest food is the most expensive, right. which makes no sense. No. It makes no sense at all. So now we have unhealthy, it's, very poor people or elderly people or yeah, unhealthy people. And they, the hospitals don't want them because they're not getting the kinds of money they're not get, it's that so, they do from a private insurance It's just company. so backward. It's so backward. And how many times have you had a doctor say, oh, yeah, you have such and such. Let's see what your insurance company will pay for. Right. And they have to look at the, the medications right. that are paid for by insurance. Right. Which you were talking about hormone things. There's a lot of natural things that you can do for hormones. But the insurance companies do not pay for those compounds. No, they don't. You have so, to pay for it yeah. out of pocket. So if you're going to get a natural compound. That's healthier for you. But, and maybe it's going to prevent prevent right. breast cancer, ovarian cancer. Then they don't want to pay for it. That's correct. I'm sorry, but it's just... It's it's so backward. It's so backward. It's so backward. I have a, you know, a dear family member who um, recently has experienced some um, bleeding. We'll just throw it out there. And she is postmenopausal. And so now the concern is what is causing the bleeding, right? What does her doctor say to her? Well, in a postmenopausal woman, the only reason for bleeding is cancer. So let's look at you and see if we can, you know, make some other decisions, but it's always cancer in my experience. Okay, why would you say that? See, that's... That is so... That so messes up, you know, this person's heart and mind, right? And so if you go to Dr. Google, you will see that there's actually a number of reasons for for any kind of you bleeding. Know, bleeding right? Yeah. And so and and if it is cancer, well, there's lots of options for that as well. But you know, not only is the phrase I don't know of any reason for there to be bleeding other than cancer. Oh, and by the way, we can't see you for three months. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that. And yeah. so it's just so, I mean, talk about, we've got people walking It's so around. insensitive. Can you even imagine? If, if a doctor said that to me, I would freak out. Right. I would just freak the F out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and this little hypochondriac heart of yours would just break in two. And I think you'd curl up in a fetal position and wait until... There's, this is reminding me of a situation that I had with a friend years ago. You know her. She's uh-huh. in our choir. Uh-huh. And she found a lump under her armpit. And it was very scary. And And I went with her to the doctor because she was terrified. Yeah. As I would be. Yeah. And this woman doctor basically said to her, it's probably cancer. And I went ballistic on the doctor. You should, we should get her in here and tell the story. (laughs) Good for you. I did. I went, I, I was just appalled. Like, what? You don't know yet. 
I did. I flipped out on That's the doctor. Crazy. Now, if it was me, I think I would do it too, but it was like, don't do that. And it was nothing. Of course. Of course. It and was most nothing. Of the time it is nothing. Why? I have had I have had surgery to remove suspicious lumps. You know? And that was that now I have scar tissue. Now whenever I go in for a mammogram, they have to put a little piece of tape over it to, you know, let the doctor know that oh, there could be scar tissue here as opposed to a new growth. Right. So now I have, you know, a scar on the outside of my breast and I have scar tissue on the inside of my breast. Because, but everyone, and when they did take out that lump, how did they tell me that it was benign? Is they made me come to an appointment, walk into the office, sit there holding my husband's hand, waiting for 30 minutes for the doctor so that they could tell me it was benign. Yeah, see, they got to they gotta figure out a, a more humane way to deal with, with stuff. I, I, I... Yeah. And I, and I think that we've got, there's authority across the board. Um, you know, as we've talked about before on this podcast with high authority mm-hmm. kinds of religions and high authority kinds of environments, um, you are trained, you're really trained yeah. to submit to authority. And, uh, you know, from the time I was a little girl, I was taught to submit to authority. And the only way to find joy, the only way to have happiness, the only way to have a good marriage and good kids and all that kind of stuff is to submit to government authority, to police authority, to church authority, to parental authority, just over and over and over again, submit, submit, submit. And um, there's a wonderful um, musician he passed away several years ago, but his name was Kevin Gilbert, and he wrote the most incredible lyrics. If you if you have never heard, I have never of heard of Toy him. Toy Shop, um, Kevin Gilbert. He he was the music director for, um, uh, what's her name? Summer Sun. She sings. Uh, anyway, she anyway. You'll think of it. You'll tell me because I. But, um, uh, anyway, so Kevin Gilbert was brilliant, and he wrote about. His generation, which was probably just a little bit younger than you and me, right? okay. just a little bit young, not quite our kids, but like in between us and okay. our kids. Okay. He said, we're the cleanup crew for the party. We were too young to attend. <laughs> and you know what? That is how I feel about what we're living in this country right now. Our kids are having to clean up from all the bad mm-hmm. um, hierarchical kinds of decisions that mm-hmm. were made by us and those that we put in authority over them. Right. And now they're sick of being the cleanup crew for the party they were too young to attend. Interesting. And yeah. they really want an end. So that's why we see marches in the streets. That's why Yeah, we they're see sick of it. Everybody's sick of it. And they're sick of authority. Yeah. And that's why they're not going to church anymore. And that's why they're trying to make their own way. And that's why they're deciding that I don't want to be a girl anymore. I'm going to be a boy. And that's why. Because they're sick of this society trying to shove them into a box box that they don't want to be in. And I don't blame them. If I was young, I mean, I'm older and I feel those ways. But if I was younger, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I might be doing some making some different choices. You know what I'm saying? Well, I have always said that 
you know, if I had been born even 10 years earlier, and instead of being a kid in the 70s, if I had been a kid in the 60s, I probably would have been a free love, run away to another state, had sex with multiple partners, yeah. <laughs> and been crazy. Yeah. Because I loved that, um, that, that idea. That hippie stuff. That hippie freedom. I loved uh, that idea because I was so... Uh, repressed mm-hmm. and 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 shoved into a box and told that that was the way to happiness yeah. was being in the box, but because I was a teenager in the seventies and then a young adult in the eighties, I was terrified of contracting AIDS. I was terrified of all all the yeah all the diseases all the right? things yeah all the things, and so. Um, there's something to be said about being terrified of <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, um, it kept me. It kept me on the straight and narrow. But that's not to say that that I didn't want to rebel. And I think that look back and see how very free we were. Oh, we have Santa up on our roof. I think it's not even Christmas this, time. There's an odd sound, people. <laughs> there's a very odd. Um, but I look back at that time and see how free mm-hmm. um, everything was as compared to now. Yeah. And um, I'm just like, no wonder people are marching in the streets. No wonder, because you've got constantly, you've got authority. And you've yeah. got people on the right saying, you know, you need to submit to this authority while at the same time refusing to give up, you know, freedoms like owning handheld killing machines. Right, right. And then you've got people on the left saying, well, you need to submit to the authority that says anything goes. I mean... I know, it's all over the map. It's all over the map. And you can see why people are rebelling. Yeah. And, it, you know, this doctor thing is just, it's just a symptom yeah. of what kind of... And who has the authority in our physicians over our physicians? It's the insurance companies. Or the and then we we haven't touched on the drug companies. Well, and the drug companies. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. And you know the only reason that marijuana is still a Schedule One drug, despite the best efforts to get it taken off, is because drug companies do not want the marijuana to be tested. They don't want it to be found to have benefits. I know. I know. Because then they'll lose money. Because then they'll lose money. But, oh, yeah, let's keep giving kids, let's keep giving people heroin for their pain. (laughs) Right. Because that's what we're giving them. I know. You know, oxycodone and all that kind of stuff. It is. It's It's all heroin. And so let's keep giving people heroin because those companies that are making fentanyl and oxycodone, and I think oxycodone may be, you know, yesterday's news, but those pain medications, those um, companies have so, have given so much money yeah. to the... To the political to whatever. The political machinery mm-hmm. that they don't want to lose that. Right. I don't and I don't know what the answer is, Liz. I think the only, I mean to me the answer is I am the one who has control of my own life. Right. And my own health and my own uh, only I can can you know and I have to listen to my body and if a doctor tells me something and I have a question about it then it's my job to ask. Right. And it's my job to do the research and it's you know um, 
And getting a second opinion does not mean that you are not loyal or whatever to your doctor. That's true. And in fact, if your doctor says, oh, no, you don't need a second opinion, I've studied this. Uh, That's probably the time that you go, oh, I better go get one. Exactly. And mm-hmm. you walk away from that doctor because you have the right yeah, cause you're a second opinion. Well, you're hiring them. <clears throat> That's right. You know, you've hired the doctor. Yeah. They... So, yeah. If you don't like what your pastor is saying from the pulpit, go do your research. And I I hate saying that because do your research means that people are going down rabbit holes of untruths. But honestly, you don't need to submit to the authority of a religious leader. You don't need to submit to the authority of a doctor. No. You don't need to submit to the authority of, you know, even a boss if it's oppressive right um you know there's and that doesn't mean that you're you have to be rude no absolutely not and you don't you don't slam them on social media because you might not know everything that's going on you may be wrong you know there was a case um uh, about a year ago and i'll just touch on this ever briefly a, a a a young woman in boise idaho had her child kidnapped, and I put that in quotes, okay, so wait. Okay. Her child was ripped from her arms. This was the the scenario given to the public. Um, Her child was kidnapped from her because um, she was being accused of malnourishing that child. So there's a whole, there's a whole bunch to the story. It, you know, the facts are, I wasn't there, but I have friends in the medical community in Boise. I have friends who are um, close to this family. So I had, I I was privy, if you will, to kind of both sides of, of, this of, the, story. of the story. Okay, okay. The unfortunate thing is, is that a far right crazy man, who I think his, la- his uh, last name is Bundy, Amon Bundy, He's a far-right conspiracy theorist, right? And so he got involved in this family stuff. And they started going on podcasts and, and YouTube and all kinds of stuff, bad-mouthing the hospital, saying, you know, just saying all manner of stuff about the medical profession and, you know, how this was wrong, blah, blah, blah. Okay, now... I have compassion for both sides because, as I said, I happen to have yeah. been friends, friendly, and in fact, friends with both sides of the argument. But here's what happened: is that ultimately the mother got the child back, and you know the details are not. I think if I were to share some of the details, I think some of you would raise your eyebrows and go, "Wait, what?" Yeah. But, <laughs> The mother was able to get the child back, which is probably in the best interest of the child. Um, But just in the last two weeks, now this incident happened a year ago, maybe, something like that. Just in the last couple of weeks, this guy, Amon Bundy, and another member of the family were both ordered to pay $50 million to the hospital that they badmouthed. Wow. Because what they said about the hospital and about the medical profession there in Boise and what was going on was a lie. Wow. Period. 
And do so, they have the money to pay that? I can't imagine that they do. I can't imagine. I mean, although some of these far-right political nut jobs, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, seem to have all kinds of, all, all money. Kinds of money. I'm sorry. A nut job is probably disrespectful. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, and, and so I don't know. But the point is, is that we have become a culture of, of conspiracy theories. Yeah. We spread misinformation as easily as we spread frosting on a toddler's birthday cake. Wow. It's just <laughs> yeah. crazy. And any viewpoint that we want to have, we can find. Oh, I know. Confirmation <clears throat> bias is so real. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want, yeah. <laughs> And so we can find it. We can and, find it. Uh, you know, you are a business owner who have had, who have butt heads with people during the pandemic who wanted you to you open know, your doors. Open your doors. Don't, don't make us wear masks. Don't, don't. And here you were doing your very best as a business owner just to make sure that everybody that was in your employ and were your students and everything were safe. as safe and healthy as possible. I mean, and you followed the science and you made those decisions. It, five years, 10 years, we might look back and say, we didn't make the right decisions during that. But you know what? That's what, that's what history does. That's what science does. Right. We learn and we grow. We don't just dig our heels in and say, I'm not going to follow the science I, and I'm going to follow. Well, I wonder, you know, I wonder what, where the thing is in a person's mind. And this is an honest question. Like, I know ever since I've been a little kid, I, I'm a person, I question stuff. Yeah. And I want more information. Like, yeah. right now I'm interested in maybe having a small backyard pool put in. <laughs> just, you know. And so I'm just not going to go do it. Right. I'm just not going to take the first information that someone tells me about it. I'm going to research it. I want to know. You know, right, I mean, that's just a stupid example, but it's like... Should I get an above ground? Should yeah, I get a yeah, below I mean, ground? Should I... How, who should it, I... Who if, can be if trusted? I, if I hear something, I think... I mean, with the exception of all the sweet little puppy dog videos on that come on, you know, TikTok and stuff, and, yeah. you know, little ducks and puppies <laughs> and all that stuff that I love that I don't really need to question... If there's other stuff that, you know, people are saying this or that, it's like I, I, I'm not a person to just jump right on. It's in your nature to question. It's, it's in my nature to question. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that that's a good thing about yeah. my personality is that I don't want to just believe what you're saying. I remember, you know, and being in church. Yeah. And I'd be sitting there listening to a sermon and they would say something and I'm like, I don't that doesn't sound right to me. And I'd write it down and then go see what does it say? Like just because he said it doesn't mean that he's right. What What makes the context? What makes him? Why is he? He's not smarter than me. (laughs) I mean, I just, I've always had that, which I think is, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse in a way because it's a blessing in that it helps me see like the whole big picture about something. So I can see your side and my side and his side. 
But the curse about it is, is that sometimes that makes me have a hard time forming what I really think because I can see all the sides because I want to know. Right. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, absolutely know what you mean. And, and I had become more of that. I was much more submissive. Well. Because I was trained to believe that's, that if I submitted, yeah. I would be happy. Yeah. And it turned out that that wasn't the case. So then I'm like, wait a minute, I've got to re-question. I've got to question every single thing I've ever learned. Yeah. But yeah. there have been studies that, that will show the compassion zone in like a uh, conservative's brain and a and a liberal's brain. Really? There have been these studies. And you can see it all and light up? you can up. see it light up. <gasps> and you can see compassion light up in the brain of a liberal that you that doesn't light up in the in the brain of a of a, of a completely, you know, of yeah, a yeah, far yeah. right. Yeah. Now, is that good? Here's the thing. That's, that's interesting. It's fascinating. I want to see that. It's fascinating, actually. And it's about empathy and compassion. And the truth of the matter is, is a lot of conservatives do not have the compassion or the even the capacity to have compassion and empathy because their brains are not are really not wired that way whereas a liberal brain see, you know I, see so see you're telling me this this is the first i've ever heard of this and so i want to go home and look it up go home and look it up and <laughs> I do. it is very interesting yeah i bet it is parts of the brain will light up okay yeah but here's what i here's what i gleaned from that is that people are not people are really doing the very best that they they, that can. they can do yeah. most mm-hmm. people some people are not no we are not living up to our potential mm-hmm. all of the time mm-hmm. for sure but if everybody was exactly the same nothing would get done no. in the world absolutely not nothing we need the very the critical thinkers we need the cogs every machine needs cogs yep. in order to function make it go right to make it go and what's a cog's job a cog is just to help move along the cogs next to it yeah right you just do what the big picture what the big machine tells you to do and you do it right and you don't ask questions right you're just a cog right but without the cogs we would have no machines right so it's not a bad thing to to not question that's not a bad thing. It's just different. It's just different. Yeah, and you and if you just kind of identify which one you are. Yeah, <laughs> but if you question everything, then you're probably going to end up being the, the machine builder. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the one that says, hey, can't we, you know, make this bread a little bit easier to make? Yeah. How about if we slice bread? Yeah. Just a knife. How about if we create a knife, a slicer? Yeah. You know, and when people say it's the best thing since sliced bread, it's because, yeah, they did not have that slicer until what, a hundred years ago or something? Yeah. And people did not have sliced bread. Um, they had to they had to tear off chunks, exactly. So the point is is that, you know, how you think, how I think may be completely different, but if we were the same, nothing would ever get done. If we were a society of all women, we would die out because we need men to help create the babies. If we were a society of all men, we would die out because we need the women to have the babies, Mm -hmm. to help you produce the babies. So that is just a fact. I think we need the liberals to help us see the world in in a different way and the conservatives to help us 
figure out plans and methods that can get us to that point. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is now we have all this infighting. We have well, all the this problem is fanaticism on either on either side. On either side. Uh, saying we're right. We're yeah, right. And look at those people. Mm-hmm. Those people mm-hmm. want to hurt you. Or like Donald Trump likes to say, I am taking this on for you. I, he has, he has a bigger Jesus complex than Jesus did. Yeah. You know, he said, I am proud to take on these indictments for you. What? Yikes. What? And people are cheering him. They want him to be their president from jail because, God bless him, he has taken on the sins of the, of the Democratic Party for us. And that is so dysfunctional thinking. That is, that is putting your trust in an authority that needs to be questioned. Right. Our political leaders need it, to be questioned. Our doctors, our pastors, our police. Well, you know, I, I think next week maybe we can talk a little bit about my need to question police authority and why I feel so passionate about that. But here's the thing is that we must question. We mm-hmm. must. Mm-hmm. Because we are worth it. We are worth questioning authority. Absolutely. I, I absolutely, I don't, I guess at the end of the day, you know, we started this out of, you know, can you trust authority? Again, it kind of comes back to you. You have to do the research. You have to make the call, you know, because it's different for everybody. You can't trust until you question. Yeah, you can't trust until you question yeah. and and try to figure it out. Well, this is definitely a two or five parter. <laughs> well, I, I think so, because relationships are based on trust, and, and uh, there's been such an erosion of trust over the past uh, yeah. several years, yeah. and uh, it's, it's worth talking about more. It absolutely Somebody is. Somebody told me not too long ago that they thought I was a woman of wisdom, and we needed to hear more of your wisdom. I think that's true. And so, you know what? Let me just tell you everything I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Miss Liz. Well, hopefully we'll have some answers about your thyroid yeah. next time we get together. Yeah. And uh, as someone who's had it out, I will tell you the only thing I'm going to tell you is make sure your calcium is on track. You need to be checking your calcium. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure I'm checking it. <laughs> Take a Tums now and then to keep your calcium All right. All right. Very good. All right. Well, we'll see you probably next week, people. That's awesome. So thanks for joining us on Dancing with Skeletons. And, um, yeah, bye. Have a great day.